3: Alright, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday, and man, we have a fun show for you today. Coming up later, the audio version of our Spotlight TV show, but I I can't wait to get to our, I guess you could say guests, to start the show today. We're going to celebrate the 2000 National Championship OU softball team by hearing from some of the stars on that team, Christy Ring, Jennifer Stewart, Ashley Barrett, Lakeisha Washington, and Kelly Brysch will all be on the Sooner Sports Podcast today, along with head coach Patty Gasso, and at the time, assistant coach... Jen Rocha, Jennifer Jaime, she'll join us on the program as well, too. We sat down on a Zoom conference call and just remember that incredible run, that championship run in 2000, shared some memories. I learned a lot throughout the process, some great stories along the way. And, you know, we were celebrating the 2017 Golf Championship on Monday. You saw the videos come out on Soonersports.com. They're awesome. Great job, Arch. Today, as we drop this Zoom roundtable, with members of the 2000 national team, uh, you'll also see the video that goes along with it. So just as you listen to this, be staying tuned to Soonersports.com, Soonersports.tv, and you'll get everything you want to relive the incredible 2000 national championship run for the Oklahoma Sooners. That'll kick it off coming up in just a bit. But first, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by AT&T. AT&T, America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma athletics. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And Norman Regional would like to thank our community for its support and donations during this crisis. We are stronger together. Learn how you can help at normanregional.com. Without any further ado, let's celebrate 2000. Kelly Bryce, Lakeisha Washington, Ashley Barrett, Jennifer Stewart, Christy Ring, and, of course, Patty Gasso and Jen Rocha. Let's just start with this first and foremost. Coach Gasso, 20 years of this 2000 championship team, uh, kind of cool to get some of the key players and some of the key figures back together. When you talked about this team, you called them fearless and that they had zero panic. In your mind, what kind of led to that? What was ingrained in this team that kind of – kept them free of fear during this run
4: this was a team of just gritty hardworking want to win athletes. there was no egos there was no at us um, they hit they hit the ground running and I, I would tell you that the the softball was not there were fans everywhere. I mean, we still were just slowly bringing in attention. And every game, big game they'd beat, every time they'd knock off someone from say the Pac-12, people started paying a little more attention. The feel that I got when we went to the World Series was, wow, Oklahoma, this is the first time you guys have ever gotten to the World Series. Congratulations, we're so proud of you. If you could go and maybe just, if you can win one game, that would be great. Oh, we'd be so proud. Um, if you don't, it's okay. You guys made it. So, hey, you know, this is really exciting. So, good luck. And no matter what happens, we're proud of you. And that just fired me up because it meant to me that people did not know what kind of team we're dealing with. And we, this was all of our first opportunity to go to the World Series. And I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like we had no idea. (laughs) We're just going to play. So we didn't know to be nervous. We didn't know to be scared. When we played the notorious Arizona and UCLA, like they've, they've won the last 5 million championships. So it was almost like, oh yeah, okay, Oklahoma. This is a nice treat for the fans. Oh, we got more people Uh, In the stand. So this this will be like um, good for all of us, but we'll just get rid of you guys quickly and move on to, you know, Arizona and UCLA in the championship. We didn't. That's where the fearless. um, Let's just go battle. What do we got to lose? Underdog feeling came to light and uh, I've never had so much fun yet I was never more nervous and had no idea what was going on (laughs) they don't know that because I tried to play it as cool as I could but uh, I I just it was unbelievable and I don't remember a lot in my age but I do remember (laughs) remember a lot about
3: I do. Well, let's let's hear from a player's perspective. Um, I'll start with the first person that was in on the Zoom today. uh, Jen Stewart. What was that mindset (laughs) like for you? I mean, obviously, being in the circle, kind of leading the charge. What was it like on the field to have that fearlessness Mm -hmm. and what led to it?
5: You know, I think it was partly because, um, I mean, most of us, but Christy, were from Oklahoma, you know, and playing in our home state, Mm -hmm. I think was pretty powerful for us because it was usually UCLA, Arizona, you know, all pac 10 teams, pac 12 teams now. And I think, you know, we, I remember we went and saw the gladiator, the movie, it had just come out that year. And I think, you know, that was basically us, like just get in the ring and fight for your life, do whatever you can. And I think even the first game, you know, we were behind against Cal and I think, you know, once we won that game, I feel like it was kind of just, you had that feeling like no one's going to stop us. Like we just won the first game, our first time in the World Series. Like we're unstoppable. And I feel like that's the attitude we had and we weren't going to take no.
3: That's awesome. Um, So, Ashley, I found a note about kind of routines. And is this true that you guys took the long way the first day so you would go the long way every single time when you went to the stadium?
6: Actually, the bus driver missed the turn the first day. (laughs) <laughs> and I, if I remember correctly, Coach Walton was like, that's it. You got to miss it every time. We can't, we can't go the other way. So every day we took the long route, which you know, ended up working out in our favor. Oh,
3: that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, gosh, just go up. Lakeisha's with us. Um, can you take us through some of your memories and things that really stand out? We're rolling the highlights through this. We'll go specific as we roll along. But there she is, second baseman, Lakeisha Washington. What are some things that jump out in the front of your mind?
7: I just think it was just our mindset the whole season, like just not to be fear. And like Coach Gasol said, it was our first time there. We didn't know to be nervous, and and then I think like seeing all these fans, like right now watching the highlight too, that was one of the things that helped. I mean, pump us up and knowing that they were there to help and cheer for us. So I think that was the um, something that was great because I just remember walking in and seeing all those fans and being like. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> you know, and they're standing up and cheering for us, so I think that helped
5: too.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of wild. You see the transformation of how the stadium has changed, but you know, Christy, Christy Ring is with yeah, us she. as well too. What was that? What was that <laughs> mindset like for you being out on the field and making big play, play after big play? Ever. ever.
5: Uh,
8: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still think about that play.
9: Um, yes, me too.
8: I was just, it, I was excited. I was so young and just. I, there were so many people and it was just so exciting and, and I was extremely nervous, but it was just uh very, I don't know, surreal. And it was uh, amazing to play in front of all those people. And I don't really totally remember too much, to be honest. <laughs> I just remember a lot of people and yeah. just play. And I remembered uh, the, that movie, like, Coach Gasso, just that Gladiator movie and just we're David and they're Goliath and we're going to come out and play together. And our team was so close and worked together so well. And I think that really helped us in the end uh, play well together.
3: Did you uh, did you play that up, Coach, the Gladiator theme when you were talking too much?
4: <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we did, because that was really it. We were going into an arena. And we're facing (laughs) deadly competition. So fight for your lives. Um, That was really kind of the mentality of all of these guys, where they were just fighters. They loved to play. They were, I'm looking at some of these uh, plays. I called so much for you guys. Do you even know that? I mean, I'm calling hit and runs with runners at the second. Lisa Carey hits a bomb and the next at bat, she lays down a bunt for a hit. I mean, I was, we're calling picks, we're calling everything. So the attitude from a coaching staff and Jen Rocha could attest to it. It's like, we just got to go for it. And you know what, anytime I called upon these guys to do something, they would always do it and do it right. Not there's Leah Gullin pushing, pushing Sue Enquist out of the way. um this i'll never forget that the, oh yeah. uh, yeah, that, that still hurts. <laughs> <still watch> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but, but i could oh. tell you plank after that happened it was about 20 minute delay <clears throat> and they tape her up she's got blood all over her uniform we put she gets on first base they try to pick her off, and i get pissed i'm like oh crap So the next pitch we send her, she steals second. I mean, that – there were so many monumental moments. I still remember that. Wow. I remember thinking, is she serious? And (laughs)
7: I'm like, okay,
3: I got to go. So I've always been curious about this play, and and this was the, the clincher. We actually had Jocelyn get called out for this, what, coach, last year? I think it was during a game where she had stepped off the bag Jen, did you notice that she was off the bag, Kelly, maybe did you notice uh, what had happened there to get that final out?
10: Um, yes. Unfortunately, I had uh, let the ball roll between my legs on a beautiful attempt of a double play. And uh, we huddled up and kind of regrouped. And then the next play, she comes um, kind of just leading off second. And she kind of stayed there for a second. And Stuart had been in the circle for a little bit. And then she kind of made an attempt to go back towards the bag. And then she took off towards third. And I just kept pointing at her being like, "Um, okay, that's not the rules. We can't do that. And that's why the, the final out's not really recorded. I think that's our videotape that we actually have. And... That's a, the most probably awkward ending to a national championship game.
6: look hey, yeah, at right, so.
8: Yeah, I was I was jumping in the outfield like, did we win? What's i
3: noticed
8: at
10: the same time and we're jumping about the same time. So
3: Oh, look at this. Well, yeah,
5: my back was to everything, so I had no idea what was even going on. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden everyone's like, ah! and I'm like,
9: what's <laughs> happening? <laughs>
3: I'm curious, Coach Roach, was that something you guys even noticed from the dugout as well, too?
9: Well, I think at that time, UCLA and the Pack was notorious for trying to take extra bases and were the first, you know, they were always on and everybody always looked to them for, you know, where the game was at. And they were taking extra bases whenever they could and really trying to catch the pitchers sleeping and taking extra bases. But the circle... The violation rule was in effect, and that's they got caught. Yeah. And um, I I remember knowing that. I remember us talking about it. Um, and then when we ended the game on that, it was pretty unbelievable. I, I think we knew what was going on in the dugout. And but the poor um, the umpire the plate
6: out. got yelled. I was screaming at her. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: Well, and hadn't they tried it? Like I think the day before, hey, the game before, they had done it at yeah. third base, yeah. and so they knew what to look for, maybe.
3: Wow. For- wow, we're gonna we're gonna reboot the highlights so we can go back through them again. But I kind of wanted to just go down and and have a kind of favorite memories or lasting memories. And Kelly, we didn't get a chance to talk uh, much with you, but I'm just curious. Starting with you, we we saw the celebration in the bus, we saw the celebration on the field uh, post championship. What's some of your favorite memories, Kelly, looking back to that 2000 team?
10: So I I always say this, and I just actually talked to a local reporter, um, Jenny Carlson, the other day. And um, my favorite memory is we were up on the, you know, at that time they only had two fields. So we were up on the upper field and we had snaked down by the um, flowers that spell out the uh, college world series flowers that used to be up there. And we were going down the little berm and I, we could hear something and I was kind of like, what is that? What are they chanting? And all of a sudden we realized there were the entire stadium was chanting. Oh, "OU" except for the 84, I think family <laughs> and members of UCLA. And I was like, Oh wow. They're chanting for us because you know, we're the newbies, you know, we're the underdogs and yeah, it's our backyard, but I never would have thought they would have come together that many people. And I mean, I think that really, um, affected UCLA because they're like hey wait a minute we're the powerhouse you know we've won a ton of these why are you cheering for them and it gave us a boost of confidence for the game and even started and that is my favorite thing I mean even now when I think about it I still get chills so it that was my favorite memory other than of course winning after we got done it was great but that was one of those things I was like wow that's awesome
3: um, LaKeisha, what about for you? I mean, obviously we saw you have to overcome adversity and then oh, uh, UCLA tried to pick you off after you took a shot in the face. But what are some lasting memories for you?
7: Um, I just like, gosh, it was so long ago, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I just like just watching the highlights and just like I said, all those fans being there and just all season. And I just felt like we worked hard from the fall. And then to the end, and it's like we never stopped, you know, with our workouts, just everything we did, we just, as a group, we just worked together and worked so hard. And I think that's what paid off at the end. And I think that's why we were so successful, just because we just never quit.
3: You know, Ashley, as I watch this, I think about you not only as, as a catcher and making big plays, but then also becoming a coach yourself. So I see the joy. I see the joy that you guys are having when I watch this highlights. How fun was it to be a part of this?
6: Oh, it was so much fun. And I think that we enjoyed it more like uh, Stuart said earlier about being from Oklahoma. I mean, we grew up sitting on those berms and rolling down that hill as kids and, you know, watching those UCLA girls and Arizona girls and Long Beach was, you know, I can remember that chant in my head like it was yesterday. And I can remember them walking on this event with those metal spikes and thinking, man how awesome would it be to be able to strap those spikes on myself and play there one day and jen and i had a moment before the cow game where we walked up the stairs to the medical tent and she turned around and looked at me and she was like that used to be us over there and it was <laughs> like oh my gosh <laughs> i mean at that point it was like oh well you know we're just we're here to play another game and then you know these girls are yelling at us <clears throat> She said that used to, we used to sit over there. I'm like, we don't have time to be emotional. We got go We got like go we can't we can't think about this right now. So, but in that uh, moment, it was like you're right. You know, when we were that it, that was us. I'm so fine. it mm-hmm. was awesome.
3: So Jen, obviously, then that had to resonate with you pretty deeply too, because of those memories of having been at what uh, what was the hall of or is still Hall of Fame Stadium.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess for me, my best memory was beating Arizona because I had gotten drilled by them earlier in the season. And, um, you know, coach gave me the ball for the game in the world series against them. I'm like, Oh geez, I hope I, you know, I hope I make my team proud and I hope I can overcome this because I mean, they had thought, I mean, drilled me, I think almost a run rule um, during season. And then we ended up shutting them out in the world series one to nothing, which was, I mean, that, I mean, this winning the world series was amazing, but I think for me, yes. you know, never being recruited by Arizona or UCLA or any California team for that fact, you know, I think it was just like shoving it in their face. Like we are from Oklahoma, you know, we are the university of Oklahoma and we just whooped you, you know, for me, I think that was, you know, those are probably the two best ones in my entire career.
3: So, Christy, we've seen your play quite a bit, but same question to you. Resonating memories. I mean, the celebration on the bus, the party, the <laughs> dancing. But uh, as coaches, I've learned in my five years doing games, the joy's always in the journey, right?
8: Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> playing against Arizona and UCLA, those were all the girls that I played travel ball with. So, I grew, literally grew up playing on the same teams of them. And they uh, all went to Arizona, UCLA. So, it's very like, I when we played against them, it was very, I was very nervous and I just wanted to beat them so bad because I knew every girl on that team. So, but I just, yeah, I remember, I took my video camera, I think everywhere. And I remember just ta- videotaping all the girls. I'm constantly dancing, trying to entertain everybody. Um, I just remember all the good times we have, but that, I mean, winning the world series is definitely like the highlight of my life so far. Like it was, A memory will – I just – it's a memory you'll never forget. And uh, you still feel that same excitement when you see it. You're just like – it's like it was yesterday. So
5: True.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we're going to watch the highlights one more time. So I want this question around the horn too. Um, If there's a play that stands out, let me know about it. But, Coach, when was the moment where you thought – We might be pretty good. I mean, obviously, as as Jen brought up, that tough loss to Arizona, which was, I think it was uh, in February. But when did you kind of first register that, holy smokes, this team might be pretty special?
4: Uh, we started getting on a run. I don't even know what our final record was, but it was outstanding. And what- 44 loved, and six. Yeah, thank you. So
5: <laughs> I think.
4: <laughs> These guys stood up to everybody. They were not intimidated. If anything, they were more motivated to say, um, yeah, you have no idea who we are or what we're about. And um, they just they just were, the word I, all I can think of is clutch. They've invented to me the word clutch, right? Stewart um, in the World Series was flipping money, man. She was just, between her and the, the pitching staff for both sides. Probably through what, Stuart, about 85% chain like off speed stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was just some nasty pitches going on. Um, And they, I don't know, Plank, they were so competitive. They were, they were, okay, without disrespecting them, they know this at the highest form of respect. They were like dudes. They just, (laughs) they just they uh they had a good time uh away from coach Gasso. i know that uh, they uh Not me. <laughs> when they, when they got on the field they just wanted to play and i mean looking at all of them here in a row on the call they all had loads of uh, memories for me but they were all so influential in our wins all of them all of them Keisha was outstanding defensively became a better hitter uh, ring was clutch Aaron, I look at Aaron Evans that was really um, clutch in those in that series Kelly Bright made some incredible flashy plays but right there just looking I hate looking at that but that just yes. shows the toughness any kid today would take themselves out of the game.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: And Keisha's like, and we're all going, come on, get up. <laughs> Back on <the> <laughs> do what you got to do. I mean, literally there was a gladiator scene because blood is dripping down her face. Um, and she
5: had to change jerseys. She's number
4: one. game, And there was a play that you see her kind of sliding down on her knees to make a play uh, that was so pivotal, right, kind of right there. That Absolutely. was pivotal, because later in the game, these guys were starting to get on us. And um,
5: Chrissy Buck saved the day for the senior. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> Natasha Watley was-, Natasha was up yeah. to bat, and she was like three for three off of me. <laughs> so,
4: Plank, I would tell you, though, as much as we talk about, we I think we respected Arizona and UCLA beyond imagination because we were always trying to be like them and that's the ultimate sign of respect is when you try to emulate someone else and we tried to be like them and so you have natasha watley uh amanda freed you got uh uh tiara tiara flowers um you have some of the best you have olympians that we're playing jenny finch we beat we're playing the best to me I was in awe of the coaching staff. So I'm going up against Mike Andrea, Sue Wenquist, uh, Lisa Fernandez and Kelly Inouye. I mean, as, as a coach, I'm like, Oh my, I'm in royalty. I think we felt that, but at the same time, this team felt like they deserved respect at the same token. And I don't know that we felt like we were getting it. Maybe that fired them up a little bit more. Um, But the win there changed the, <clears throat> the sport of softball. And I will, we we are very humble. We don't brag, but I will tell you, I know that game changed the sport because others around the country said, if an Oklahoma team could do it, we could do it. So investment started going into co- collegiate softball. Yep. And now that's why these These crowds are so big because it could happen to anyone anywhere in the country. But I think this team had a lot to do with bringing hope to a sport that might have been dying because it was so owned by the West Coast
3: uh let's let's i i kept you guys a long time we'll let it roll a little bit more but one more time around the horn and and coach roach i'll start with you what does it mean to be a part of one of the teams that kind of built that foundation for not just this sport but the championship mindset and the future of oklahoma sooner softball
9: i just get so excited watching this and i just i'm I, i don't think the chills have stopped rolling through my body since i just since the highlights started rolling and jumping on and seeing Ashley Barrett and Christy ring and all these girls. I mean, this is really, you know, this is, they were the epitome of what coach has been trying, you know, it has been working on now for 25 years here at coach Gesso. Um, They really were, they were the epitome of just, loving the game and playing it with no, like without holding back and going for it and not being afraid. And it just fires me up because I remember the mentality. I played with a couple of them and really enjoyed my time with them, but their drive and their passion for the game, I think it still lives um, here in Norman and I love it.
3: You know, I I love watching the Christy Ring celebration after the throw. You knew at that moment it was a big-time play, but kind of take me through what it means to be a part of the foundation of this program.
8: Yeah, at that time, I knew – Natasha Watley is, like, one of the fastest runners ever, so that was, like, to <laughs> throw her out was just amazing. But, yeah, I uh, – gosh, there's just – being a part of that program has made me who I am today. Um, and I get, I'm a private batting instructor and I, uh, I get to brag to all my kids all the time. So I love it. And uh, I don't know. I just missed that. Oh, we just got, you know, I just was thinking how we just got on that zoom call and all of us got together and talked and we just talked for about five hours and the, the friendships that we have made through, you know, all, you know, for the past, from that team like we're all still so close I feel like so but I just it's a memory I'll never
6: I loved it I don't even know what to say <laughs>
3: <laughs> how about how about for you Ashley
6: well I think it's a little different for me you know I played with Jaime I mean she'll always be Jaime to me she'll be with <laughs> so I feel like my freshman year man it gave us a boost we went to Arizona Jaime you remember Yes. We went to Arizona and we put it to them. So so I think that that kind of shows that, you know, Oklahoma was moving in a different direction, you know, and that was the foundation that was built before we got there. So, you know, Jaime, you're, you know, you're part of this. You're part of the foundation that was laid that we got to be out there playing. And I think it's awesome to be able to look back on those things. And, you know, one step at a time was was our one game at a time was our motto, you know, that year. And it was awesome to see that, you know, progress was being made every day, every day. So, it, I mean, I, I ha, I'm forever grateful to coach Gas. I'm not, it will, these ladies are my family. I mean, you guys are my family. You know, it's not like um, you guys were just teammates. It was, it was family. It really
3: was family. I, I sensed out watching it, Kelly. So for you, what was it like to not only be a part of this foundation, but, I mean, you've lived in Oklahoma your entire life, too, so you've seen it firsthand as well, as, as a lot of you have.
10: Um, yeah, I think uh, as we're watching over and over again, I think some of it that made it a little easier for us for playing is um, people experience the Hall of Fame stadium, and they walk in, and they go, Oh, wow, you know, this is great. Well, most of the Oklahoma kids had played at least a seven-game guarantee or whatever that was then, or a high school state tournament That also made us uh, familiar and comfortable with the surroundings, which I think helped us. And then really the fact that, you know, we always felt, you know, I think coach said disrespected for most of our our lives. You know, everyone always talked about UCLA and Arizona, and we wanted to put Oklahoma on the map. And, you know, coach has always prepared us for everything. You'll hear all the girls talk about not only softball, but life. And, I mean, she let us know, go out there and kick butt. You can do it. You just got to work together as a team. And, you know, we, we see all these different teams come through and you have one or two people that really stand out. And through the whole season, there was a different star every night. Yeah. And I think that really, you know, our definition of team and that is how we put it all together and just it took it from them. And I mean, I definitely think we set in stone for, especially the Midwest and eventually the East coast teams to come in and be like, Hey guys, come join this crowd. And eventually, you know, any girl now can go out and play some softball and get a scholarship, East Coast to West Coast, and they have some really good teams. And I really think we set that in motion.
3: Oh, that's great stuff. Lakeisha, how about for you? What's it meant like and yeah. what's it felt like to be a foundation of this sport and this program?
7: I'm just so humble and blessed to be. Sometimes, you know, it's just amazing. You know, I'll hear people say, oh, she's a national champion, and it, sometimes it just doesn't really – ring in sometimes I have to you know realize that I am a national champion it just the experience was just so great and just seeing what we were able to accomplish was so great and I have to thank coach Gasso for giving me the opportunity um to give me the scholarship to be able to play with my friends that I was able to play with um and that we were able to accomplish something that's great I mean growing up playing together I don't know if we never envisioned us, you know, Ashley and Jen playing together, you know, in college. And the fact that we were able to do that and actually win a national championship, I think that is a great experience. And just being part of the program at OU um, is one of the best things that I've been a part of. And so I just want to thank all you girls and thank you, Coach Gasso. Um, Give me the opportunity. I don't want to get emotional about it. But... <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> um I just, sometimes just looking back on it, it's just, gosh, it just sometimes it doesn't seem real that I was actually a part of it, but I have to, like I said, really think and just be like, man, I was a part of something great. And just, it's just the great memories that will always stick with me.
3: And then of course uh, I'll let Jen Stewart, the, I guess you could say starter of the, the lefty legacy names like Paige Parker, Kaylani Ricketts, and it all started with you, Jen Stewart. So how special is it to have been kind of the foundation of that?
5: Um, it's great, you know, but we have to mention Jill Most and ah, Lana Moran too, <laughs> um, you know, because they were, they were part, they, they were the ones that actually started the lefty thing. Um, but, you know, I think the most, I don't, friendship, I think is like, one of the best things I've taken out of this is, um, I mean, these are some of my best friends still to this day. Um, you know, we try and get together at least once a year if we can. Um, And I feel like not a lot of teams probably do that, you know, Um, and I think that was coach making us like a family, you know, it was all about family, it was all about the bond that we shared, and um, the experiences we went through. And I mean, I just, it was like, like everyone has said, I mean, it was probably one of the greatest moments of my life, you know, and just being able to have that. And I, you know, my husband, he didn't know anything about softball or anything like that so he still doesn't really even grasp like what went on you know and like how it was and what it was like because he wasn't he didn't know me he wasn't around you know and so I just love the memories we have um coach Gasso thanks for everything you've done I mean I told you that a thousand times um but you guys are I mean something will live on forever and I love that we've created that and we created it as a family and um you know still going on
3: yeah That's awesome. Coach, any final thoughts before we let you run?
5: Yeah. You know, the championship
4: mindset, we talk about a lot now. It's kind of our mantra. It started right here. started with this group right here. I just didn't know what to call it, (laughs) so (laughs) figured it out 20 years later. Um, That's how they played, without question. And one thing that just warms my heart, more than anything, is to see everybody on this call. These guys get together on Zoom calls. I pop in and it's like, I haven't seen these guys in forever, but it's like, it's like a, you know, when you get with your good, good friend and you can talk, not talk to them for 10 years, but you get on and it's like nothing's changed. And that's what it felt like. I am so proud of what these guys have become. And so I, they they thank me, but I'm honored to have led them through this, and you would not even imagine what this one game did for this program. you guys you guys see it. you're in the stands now as fam- with your own families watching what's still going on. You guys really helped create that. so um it's just the fact that I can even connect with these guys and It's just uh, heartwarming, and I'm glad I still have my memory alive enough that I can remember all these good times, but it was, um, it was one, as much as it's, okay, I'm going to say this live, this was my favorite championship. (laughs)
6: it yes. <laughs> again so I can video it <laughs> hey,
4: that. Uh, um, because it set the standard and the stage for what it, if this didn't happen I don't know that we'd be where we are today so how can I not say it was my favorite because it it molded our program yeah. I
3: love the story from Ashley Barrett about the superstitious nature of, of this team where the bus driver took the wrong route. And so that was the route that they followed for the rest of the Women's College World Series. Uh, really cool stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, as I've talked about quite a bit, there's a video portion to this with some highlights from 2000. That'll be up, if not already, at Soonersports.com any moment. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, Farm Fresh, for over 50 years interested in OU season tickets for the 2000 season well you can call or text 405-325-2424 today for more information don't miss a second of the action And OU extended campus degrees online on site on your schedule become the tradition now what does become a Friday tradition here on this show our spotlight show from earlier this week
11: Hi there, everybody, and welcome into our final edition of Sooner Sports Spotlight of the Summer. I'm Jessica Cootie, joined by Chris Plank, Toby Rowland, and Chad McKee. Coming up on the show today, we've got an interview with All-American golfer Quade Cummins. We're continuing our position previews with the running backs position, and we will crown a May Madness Trivia Champion. You do not want to miss that, but... First, a little bit of nostalgia here as it would be, we would be preparing for another World Series coming up in Oklahoma City for hopefully Oklahoma softball. Chris Plank, the most heartbroken of us all that we're not preparing to go up to OKC, exit 132A, Mm. but uh, uh, Plank, just uh, incredible times that we're talking about what would be hopefully another trip for Oklahoma softball.
3: Yeah, and we all would have been able to enjoy the final renovations at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. Can't help but just reminisce a bit on a team that was looking for its fifth straight trip to the Women's College World Series, won a couple of national titles after missing the College World Series in 2015. So when we get back, the Sooners are not only going to be in play to get there again, Jess, but that capacity is going to be 12,000. So exciting times ahead, even though this is a tough week in not having the Women's College World Series.
11: Well, big news developing over the last week. The NCAA Division One Council voting to allow student-athletes, football and basketball student-athletes, to start returning to campuses starting June 1st. The Big 12 followed that up on Friday, allowing that student-athletes could start uh, voluntary workouts starting June 15th. And Toby got a chance to chat with Oklahoma Athletics Director Joe Castiglione over the last week, and his reaction to the news kind of garnered some national attention, Toby?
1: Yeah, it was a wide ranging interview. We talked about a lot of topics, including the new digital ticketing program. He reassured fans that if you don't have a smartphone or if you'd like a commemorative ticket, you're going to be okay. They're going to take care of you. But I asked him based on that NCAA ruling that voluntary workouts could resume on June 1. And there were some rumblings at the time that other schools or conferences might decide to start in early June. Was that gonna put some pressure on OU to move up their timeline? He said no, and here's why.
12: In our mind, as we consistently listen to the medical experts we've been talking about for weeks and weeks now, uh, we don't believe uh, we're at a point yet where uh, the positives outweigh any of the risks. In fact, it's quite the opposite, Cody, In our mind, the risks far outweigh any of the positive gain we might have for those few weeks. So we are not planning to, uh, to have our student athletes back in the uh, first part of June. However, you know, we do know there are quite a few conversations that will be taking place today, maybe early next week. Our own conference hasn't um, taken a position on that yet uh just like you mentioned uh other conferences have not yet taken a position on that the ncaa made their uh statement the other day because they are deferring to each of the states and the schools to um, determine how they would open up after june 1st doesn't mean that you have to open june 1st it's uh it's going to be uh uh, conference to conference, hopefully several conferences voting the same thing. But if that doesn't happen, then we will make our decisions based off of you know what our conference does. But I I do not anticipate us uh, bringing student athletes back in the early part of June.
1: Now, since that interview, the Big Twelve has set the date of June fifteenth that schools can return for voluntary workouts. But on Tuesday of this week, the OU has announced, or will soon, we can confirm, that they will allow their football players to resume uh, workouts, voluntary workouts on campus on July 1st, which is later than some. But July 1st is the date that Oklahoma will allow their student-athletes, football players, back for voluntary workouts. As for the season, the regular season, Chad, about a month ago, we talked to Joe, and he said a decision would need to be made by early to mid-June whether or not a college football season was going to be played. We asked him in this interview, is that still the same, same timeline? He said it's not going to happen by mid-June. There's no way. He says now it's looking more like early to mid-July before they would make such a decision. What are your thoughts on what Joe had to say?
13: Well, just look around Toby and Chris and Jessica. People are returning to beaches in Florida. We're going to restaurants. We're going to businesses. It's becoming more populated. And it seems like there's a lot of pressure, right, on people to start making decisions right now. That's why I like the continued measured cautious approach that Joe Castiglione has had throughout this time. Remember, people who are returning to their respective businesses, going out into public more with their families, are doing so of their own free will. You can do that. You can take your family and yourself out there if you want to. You understand the risks. You've weighed the positives and negatives. But when you're telling student-athletes to come back to campus, you're almost making that decision for them at this point. That's why I like the delay. For instance, we're not going to say 5, 10, 15 years from now that the team that got their team back into the weight room and won a national championship made the right decision. At least that's not how I'm going to look at it. I can't imagine how 10 or 15 years from now the cautious, measured approach is going to be looked on anything but the right thing to do. Chris. Sometimes we in our athletic bubble have to remember that not everything in life is a competition. It's not about who gets back first. It's who gets no, back best.
3: You're absolutely right. And I was listening to this entire Josie interview and it's fantastic. Great job, Toby. You can hear it on the Sooner Sports podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And Jess, the thing that stayed with me quite a bit is that measured approach. And then my curiosity perks up quite a bit. Our locker rooms and, and weight rooms going to be outdoors for a while. Will we see that Switzer Center, those weights move outside so there's more spacing for a while? So this is encouraging news on my side, and at least in my mind, to see the patients, Jess. And then I'm curious, what's it going to look like whenever everyone gets back?
11: Well, we will be sure to keep you up to date on all the happenings with the Sooner athletes and and the timetable for what it looks like for the Oklahoma student-athletes on Soonersports.com. Follow along there. but Guys, we also have uh, some sad news to pass along as legendary basketball coach Eddie Sutton passed away. On Sunday, as a longtime coach for Oklahoma State, certainly saw some heated bedlam rivalry matchups with the Sooners. But uh, Chad McKee, certainly a legacy that was left behind by Eddie Sutton.
13: No doubt. And when, when I think about Coach Sutton, I always think about, as he said, the best assistant coach anybody could ever have. That was his wife, Patsy. Coach Sutton was a Hall of Fame coach because he was a Hall of Fame person and teacher before that. He taught young men about life and his canvas was a hardwood and he used a basketball to do so. He taught these young men, he taught assistant coaches what their careers were going to be like. My first ever television broadcast featured Oklahoma State and Eddie Sutton and in the days leading up to it, he could not have been more generous with his time and his information. He made me a lot more comfortable than I deserved to be or probably should have been. Remember this, Coach Sutton's first five years at Oklahoma State, the Cowboys went to five NCAA tournaments three Sweet 16s and a Final Four. During those same five years, the Oklahoma State football program was reeling because of probation and was 25 games below 500 during that span. Coach Sutton and the basketball program elevated the athletic department. They made them vibrant and they made them viable. Remember, that's when we were transitioning from the Big 8 to the Big 12 conference at that stage. But the thing I'll remember most is January of 2001 when 10 members of the Oklahoma State basketball family tragically died in a plane. Crash returning from a game at Colorado. And in the days and weeks following that, Coach Sutton not only lifted his team but an entire athletic community at Oklahoma State on his shoulders. And for a period of time, I think the fans got to feel like what it was like to be mentored and coached by this Hall of Famer. That made their bond even deeper. And everybody will remember. The first Bedlam basketball game following that, it was Valentine's Day. The Sooners wore shirts honoring the Cowboys prior to the game, and it was as though both fan bases were lifting up the Cowboys that day. Emotions poured out of Gallagher-Iba Arena, and I still have never heard a basketball venue that loud. It was as though everybody was saying, thank you, we love you, we appreciate all you have been through, Coach Sutton, and to his program. And to Scott and Steve, and Sean and the entire Sutton family, we say thank you for sharing him with us. You're in our thoughts and prayers. We will always remember Coach Eddie Sutton.
2: Sooner Sports Spotlight is brought to you by Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's club of choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Community Coffee, family-owned community coffee, the official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes.
11: Welcome back to Spotlight, this segment brought to you by Taco Mile. We continue our football position previews with the running backs and H-backs, and there's a new coach coaching the guys in the backfield, not too shabby of a resume. How about OU's all-time leader in all-purpose yards, DeMarco Murray, back to coach his former position here at Oklahoma, the running backs position, and he's uh, got a lot of experience to work with back there, starting with one of the top running backs in all of the Big 12 and Kennedy Brooks, Toby.
1: Yeah, I'll take the low-hanging fruit in this category. (laughs) About midway through last season, Kennedy Brooks became the man. And with the departure of Trey Sermon, he's really going to be the man going into this season. The feature back over 1,000 yards now in back-to-back seasons. You know, last year, the leading rusher for Oklahoma was the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who had 233 carries, almost exactly what Kennedy Brooks has had in two seasons. That's not going to be the case this year. The quarterback is not going to be the leading rusher for this team. In fact, the young quarterback, whoever it is, is going to need to lean on the running game. And the number one guy who has averaged seven and a half yards per carry in his career is Kennedy Brooks. Guys, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Kennedy Brooks is a legit Heisman candidate by the end of the season. And I know, Plank, you've got a major Candidate that could be an impact guy as well, right?
3: I see what you did there, Toby Roland, and I love it. Marcus Major. If you think about the guy that was the talk of camp, everyone kind of falls in love with one of the younger players that stands out to them. Marcus Major was that guy last year during training camp. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see it on display because he got a little dinged up as the season progressed, missed the year, but I'm excited about his potential. Oklahoma kids, so... He's fired up about having the opportunity to play for the Sooners, which he loved his whole life. And I'll tell you what, he's versatile. He's dynamic. I think he's got a chance to make a monster impact, not just running the football, catching it as well, too. And you know what, Chad? The depth in that running back room is always tested quite a bit. We know what Ramondre Stevenson can do, and he might be getting back just in time to help everyone out, right?
13: You're right, Chris, and depth at running back is critical because the physics of playing that position are not on your side. And Lincoln Riley has said we don't have a complete clear picture on exactly when Ramondre Stevenson will be back but he should be fresh. And remember, this is a guy who led the Sooners at eight yards per carry. He scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime in the Sooners' Big 12 championship game win over Baylor and very valuable on special teams. He led the Sooners with seven tackles on opposing teams' kick returns. He's got a good combination of size and speed and durability, depth, you have to have it. Let's, let's not forget, it was 2016 when Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan were both out, and a, a guy named Dimitri Flowers, a fullback, ran for 149 yards in a win at Iowa State. Fullbacks, Jessica, can also factor into this deal.
11: Yeah, listen, if we're talking running backs and H-backs, you got to talk about Jeremiah Hall, I believe. Uh, Toby, what do you call him? The Bullfrog, bull. He's frog, the Bullfrog. Right? There you go. So the redshirt junior, and as we've seen throughout these years with Lincoln Riley's offense, how important that fullback position has become to this offense. And Jeremiah Hall is a guy, you want to talk about versatility. He is the definition of being versatile. And Sooners can call on him in a number of different uh, ways in a number of different uh, positions. And so uh, catching the ball is primarily a guy that – can really do that really well. He actually had the first touchdown reception of the entire season against Houston. He ended up with 169 yards on 16 receptions. Caught a pass in almost every game last season, but again, can be called upon in so many different ways for this offense. Uh, throw in there, Braden Willis and a number of those guys that are also very versatile, very smart. Jeremiah Hall, academic, all Big 12 as well. So a guy that will be critical to this offense moving forward. Probably not going to get a lot of carries, but very important to this offense nonetheless. And uh, if you're talking running backs, and and like we've done every week, uh, uh, Chris Blank, how about a freshman to look out to here at this running back position?
3: How about Seth McGowan? The absolute freak of an athlete coming in this year. And as we've laid out, it's going to be a loaded room, and it will be tough for a true freshman. Heck, it's tough for a true freshman to get on the field in college football in general. But this guy has the body type, Jess. He's got the pedigree. And I'll tell you what, I love single-digit running backs. So give me Seth McGowan wearing number one as a freshman (laughs) to potentially make some noise for the Sooners this year in a crowded backfield for DeMarco Murray.
13: Give me, Give me their coach. Give me their
3: coach.
11: All around, just a loaded backfield for Oklahoma football. All right, another quick break for us here on Spotlight. Up next, the All-American Quade Cummins joins us for an interview on why he made the decision to return back to Oklahoma golf. Keep it here on Spotlight.
2: The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by og e brought to you in part by orthodontics exclusively sooner sports tv personalities wardrobe is provided by threads menswear and blush on campus corner hair and makeup provided by clementine hair lounge
11: Welcome back to Spotlight. Well, despite the shortened season earlier this spring, Oklahoma golf seniors Garrett Reband and Quade Cummins were named first team All-Americans, the first under Oklahoma head coach Ryan Hibble. Both had the chance to turn pro, but both will come back and take advantage of that eligibility granted by the NCAA and for Cummins wanting a chance to do something special in his final season with Oklahoma golf. What went into that decision to come
14: back? Me, coach. And coach Bill, we kind of went through it and kind of thought of the positives and negatives of turning pro. And I didn't really make the decision right when they came out with it. I kind of, probably two weeks went by. And, uh, but the negatives of turning pro outweighed the positives. You know, I just thought that if I come back, I can kind of build on my ranking and, you know, hopefully the team can be just as good as we were this year, maybe even better.
11: What can this team do when you come back? And then what can you do personally, do you feel like?
14: As a team, I don't really know if all the guys really expected us to be number one. I know that the older guys knew we could do that. And maybe the younger guys weren't really expecting to have such good of a start to the year. And uh, I think coming back next year, everybody's going to know how we kind of do things and uh, expect to, you know, be as good as we were, if not better. And uh, personally, I've been improving over the last, you know, few years that I've been on the team. And... uh, you know just being able to build on past experiences you know
11: what part of your game needs to improve to improve that ranking to be a better pro when you do go that direction.
14: You know a lot of people think that the pros are just you know head and shoulders above everybody else but coach always tells us that um, you know we can compete with those guys. Their weaknesses are basically just better than our weaknesses you know. Uh, they're, they're, missed hit shots are better than our missed hit shots so um just improving on you know overall game i think you know when we're playing our best we can compete with the guys on tour but it's when we're not playing our best is when the guys on tour kind of you know get distant on us and make up ground
11: you talked about that mentality that um Coach Hibble talked about, and he is a blue-collar guy. You know, I think most people know that that's kind of how his program has built yeah. the four years that you've been here, five years, and then going into another one. How much does that fit your guy, your game, and your style? Kind of the way his philosophy and the way he kind of approaches being out on a golf
0: course.
14: I think Coach Hibble takes pride in developing guys. You know, he you know, he gets good recruits, but I feel like they always leave OU better than when they showed up. And I think he takes all pride in being able to show the country how he can develop his players and how deep his team is. When, you know, when we show up on campus, we might not be ready to play, but you know, by our second, third, fourth year, were developed into really good golfers.
11: What but, has it meant to you to play for him? And how has your relationship really developed throughout the years?
14: You know, I told Coach and Bill in our end of the year meeting that they changed my life. Um, you know, they didn't have to do the things that they did. Because when I showed up on school, I was, you know, bottom of the barrel on the team. Um, I knew my good golf could play with those guys, but my bad golf wasn't really competing, and they just stayed with me the whole time, and you know, really made me believe in myself, and you know, it's carried on. Uh, you know, I didn't really play for two and a half years, and the last, you know, two and a half years, I've basically played every tournament, and it's just because they they believe in me and it makes myself believe in in my game and stuff like that and I think that's why Coach Hibble is such a great coach he gets his guys on board with what's going on he makes them believe and you just have to put the work in and you know you'll see results
2: thank you to our Cornerstone Television Partners OU Medicine Anheuser-Busch and OU Extended Campus and our community partners Landers Auto Group Devon Energy Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine.
11: Welcome back to Spotlight. Here's a look at your upcoming TV schedule brought to you by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of the Sooners. Hey, mark your calendars next Tuesday, June 2nd, 6 o'clock. We're premiering a brand new show here on Sooner Sports TV. We're calling it Sooner Sound Off. The four of us We'll debate some topics from Sooner History. There's lots of it, right? Plenty to talk about. So should be a fun show. We're excited about it. Again, Tuesday, June 2nd, 6 o'clock, right here on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Okay, final week of our May Madness trivia brought to you by Community Coffee. And guys, we've got a barn burner coming here down the stretch as Chris Plank has tightened things up. He's made it a tie ball game, eight to eight between Toby and Plank. Chad, you got five points but hey still anybody's race here today as we wrap this thing up as we have seven points on the board so let's get right to it uh upcoming MLB MLB draft on the horizon right Cade Cavalli expected to go in the first round for Oklahoma baseball so 19 Sooners have been drafted in the first round of the MLB, MLB draft but can you name the five Sooners that have been selected in the Big 12 era so five Sooners in the last 25 years that have been taken in the first round, can you name five of those again? One point for every correct name.
3: Ooh. oh ooh, my! Ooh. I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
11: two should be pretty easy, Plank. One's
3: not. One's not coming right. to my head. So, I know we gotta hustle, I got a hustle. I got only one. Those two so far. How much longer do I John
11: have? John Gray. Jackson Williams.
3: He wasn't at first, was he?
11: You got two, Plank. Toby got two. What do you got, Chad? Wow, look at Chad McKee putting it up there. But I believe you only got two out of all of those. What? Bet.
3: Recall. Tyler Murray.
11: Kyler, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray how yeah, did, how did you miss that. that one? Uh, that was, that Who was didn't pretty have embarrassing, Kyler? Chris Plank. I didn't. It's, it's uh, negative. Chris Plank. That's a negative uh, one if Chris you didn't Plank.
3: Have That's a, But I had Jackson <laughs> Williams. So The that, five actually good. Good. were
11: Kyler Murray, John Gray, Garrett Richards, Jackson Williams, and David Percy. So two, two for all Richards. of you guys. All right, Garrett so number Richards. two, How Ryan Hibble that? led Quade Cummins and the Sooners to the program's second national title in 2017. Who was the head coach for OU at the time for the 1989 championship team? And this is multiple choice. A, Jim Reagan, B, Greg Grost, C, David Yates, D, Bruce Drake. A, Reagan, B, Grost, C, Yates, D, Drake. All right, B for Plank, A for Toby, and A for Chad. And Chris Plank has taken the lead, ladies and gentlemen. B is your correct answer. It is Greg Gross. Okay, final question. Kennedy Brooks has a nine 100-yard rushing games. Which two Big 12 teams has he not eclipsed the century mark against? A, Baylor, B, Kansas State, C, Texas, D, Texas Tech. So nine 100-yard rushing games for Kennedy Brooks. Which Big 12 teams has he not eclipsed the 1,000 mark for against? Baylor, Kansas State, Texas, Texas Tech. All right, we need your answers. B, Plank. B, Toby. Baylor and Kansas State. And actually it is two. It is Kansas State and Texas Tech. So, but... Chris Plank is your trivia champion because he got all three correct today.
13: No, no, no. Both of you guys got that last
11: one right. He also got the one before right, so it was eight to eight. Chris Plank narrowly defeats Toby Rowland. Hey, guys, it's been fun all season. Thanks for watching Sooner Sports Spotlight. We'll see you next week on Sooner Sound Off.
3: By the way, that's our last Spotlight broadcast. Coming up, we'll have a show called Sooner Sound Off that I think you'll enjoy. We debate some of the great moments in Oklahoma Sooner history. Uh, In fact, our first show will air on Tuesday of this week. And I'm debating the greatest postseason performance or the best postseason. So So that, that's going to be fun with Chad McKee, Toby Rowland, Jessica Cootie, and myself. And we'll bring that to you right here on the podcast as well. Speaking of that, here's What's On Tap brought to you by Othellos. Othellos will be available to operate via carryout. Orders can be placed by calling 405-701-4900 or delivery through one of our three delivery partners, DoorDash, Postmates, and Grubhub. Tomorrow. On the Sooner Sports Podcast, we take you back to 2011, the OU-Florida State game. It is a classic. I can't wait for you to hear it. And we just dropped on the Classic Sports Broadcast this week, the OU-Tennessee Game 2 of the 2013 Women's College World Series run for the Sooners. Next week, how about this, the OU-Alabama game to start the 2016 run. And then on Saturday, OU and Texas in the Big 12 championship game from 2018. That's what's on tap, presented by Othellos. Well, that'll do it for a Friday edition. Thanks to all the members of the 2000 Softball National Championship team for joining us. And thanks to you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>